Oh my God! The Timberwolves won a preseason game. Oh, thank the Lord! I'm too excited to mess around with trying to figure out a name. I'm Chilanga. I'm ecstatic. And this is the Coast to Coast NBA podcast. What's up, mother effers? How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. You- it feels pretty good. Pretty. I mean, I know Chilanga, you were you were trying to poo-poo me for being so happy about this game but you didn't watch the second game and if you would have watched the second game you'd be just as happy as i am too because it was dreadful okay well i know this is coming out on friday and i know i will be watching the game on friday i have i bought league pass and unfortunately i can i can't watch local games until three days after they've aired i thought i was going to be able to watch them the next day and i was like oh that's dope i'll just get it i'll just watch them the next day but i gotta wait three days which sucked um, so if anyone so has some FSN access and wants to share it with your boy, let me know. Um, you can send an email to coast to coast NBA pod at gmail.com and let me know. But let's talk about this game. The Timberwolves won in overtime, 129 to 127. Um, I got to say, <laughs> preseason overtime basketball, that's like, uh, that's, that's horny juice for me. I love it. Pretty special. Uh huh. Horny goat weed. Right? Is that, is that a thing? Uh, it's it, I would say it's dank weed. Uh, it's dank weed. <laughs> I don't know what's goat weed. You know, like at a gas station, with like you go into the bathroom. You get your and, weed at the gas station? No, it's not weed. It is a. It's okay. So you go to the gas station, and there's a little dispenser. You put seventy five cents in it. You can get condoms, either standard or ribbed. And horny goat weed, and it's supposed to make you. It's a, it's a, it's a aphrodisiac, and it's supposed to make your boner all extra good, and make you supposed to make make you make you come harder or something. Thing. <laughs> God damn uh, it! I've I've never had to deal with. Uh, oh yeah, you come, you come real hard. You don't need horny goat weed. I I come too hard and too fast. <laughs> okay, especially um, during this game. <laughs> This is this is like what happens when Dylan and I have to watch preseason uh, NBA overtime. We just go a little crazy because we're like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? We don't get paid enough or at all to do this. Um, well, the Wolves played with confidence. <laughs> and I think that's part of the reason that they won the game. I know they struggled at the beginning, especially defensively. Um, but Towns came out looking aggressive again. And I, my thought is that... Towns has always been aggressive, and it's been so long since we've seen him play that we kind of forgot just how good he is. I was kind of disappointed how much Josh Okogie got pushed around by Luca. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know Luca is going to be like, is most people's MVP favorite this year. I am not that far into the Luca train because I feel like it's almost, and it showed this tonight as well. That it's almost Luca and the gang. Like he's he's basically the Russell Westbrook of 2018. If that's what if that's what's going to happen, it's going to have to be something historic like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not as big into it as some other people. Or wait, maybe that was 2017. Whatever it was, 2016. I don't know. I'm old now. But uh, so but I was I was still disappointed in our ability to stop him from getting to the rim. Yeah, you know, I think Luca's gonna do Luca no matter excuse me, no matter what. But I, I you know, I, I think Josh did an okay job. I think Josh did as good of a job as you could ask of anyone who's gonna be guarding him quite um 
you know, quite that much. Uh, uh, so, so I, I, that's not a real complaint of mine. I mean, I think the, the first thing I think about Luca is not his post game. And it felt like they made that a feature because Josh Okogi was so much smaller than he, he is. Yeah. Josh Okogi definitely weighs more. And Luca is like, Luca's hella strong. Like surprisingly strong. Um, we got this store by our crib. It's, it's, uh, called clears and it's like a hardware store and they sell wood. And there's always a guy at the store who's just like tossing wood from one part of the parking lot to the other part of the parking lot. And Luca's got that like sneaky strength of a guy who has lived his entire life tossing wood across the parking lot. You know? Balkan boys. Yes, exactly. That Slavic strength. Um, but yeah, I mean, we know the defense is going to be bad. And and like, that's just like the 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 fate of the Timberwolves. But let's let's talk and about it's going to be like- bad against the best offense in the league. Which yeah, is formerly, and I, you know, yeah, Luka Doncic on his own is pretty much the best offense on, uh, uh, in the league. Um, but let's talk about some positive pieces. Anthony Edwards had his best game of the preseason. Um, what did you think mm-hmm. of his performance? He he had 17 points, three assists, three rebounds. Um, he only shot five of 15 from the field, but three of eight from three point. That's 37 and a half percent. It's not bad. I was happy because most of that, most of the production actually happened in the first half when things matter a little bit more, when you have good players out on the court and he looked like he could keep up with, with everyone. And he looked like he could keep up with his on ball defense. We talked about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was able to briefly strip Luca and stop him on the ball. And every time he, the ball gets to him, he knows exactly what he's doing when it doesn't. Uh, he looks like he's scratching his head. Yeah, you know, I I think that he still uh, is a long ways away from really understanding the game of basketball, but his skills are all there. I mean, he's a good shooter. He has a decent handle. He's not a great ball handler, but it's decent. And his passing skill is actually pretty impressive. Like, he doesn't have the vision to see, like, the next level of defense, but, like, he can make impressive passes like with good spin and that are that are on target even if they're simple and so that like that that's his skills are all there it's just about getting that that like extra level of basketball iq and like really understanding the game to really click like there was one point where he was isolated in the corner uh against tim hardaway jr who he should be able to beat off the dribble tim hardaway jr is not that great of a defender anthony edwards outweighs him by like 30 pounds you know post, yeah yeah you could he could have taken him and instead he chose to jab step a couple times to the right and then do a step back in the corner and like so he's he's like avoiding the out-of-bounds line he's trying to shoot the ball from behind the basket and it just it was a terrible shot and i, I think that's going to be a part of his game for a while until he can really like get things to click in but he's gotten better every game, small sample size, but that's something to hope for, right? Yeah, every time the shots have become more quality, he's actually running in transition. I saw he got a dunk in transition tonight, ran the lane perfectly just to get that. And mm-hmm. and, he, and it seemed really in control the whole time, unlike, you know, if Josh Okogie's running in transition sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh, oh <laughs> <laughs> and, and just like out of sheer athleticism, he blocks passing lanes. <laughs> um, like he's just, he's so big and so uh powerful and and pretty long and uh i, I i'm back on the anthony edwards train 100 <laughs> i'm sorry for ever even slipping for one second because his first half was really good i feel like most of those uh three-point misses happened in the second half because uh he looked really good in the first half and i feel like he was draining everything he was he was three for three 
from three at one point. And I was just like, very excited. Yeah. As soon as he can figure out how to get some easier shots, uh, his game is really going to expand. This is going to be a long season with you, Dylan, though, going up and down and off and on the Anthony Edwards train. <laughs> I, uh, remind me to never do it make a mistake in front of you because it seems like you're going to lose your faith in me real quick. So like, uh, like it's off the podcast. <laughs> All right, let's talk about someone who you are all in on suddenly, uh, Jarrett Culver. I'm not all in on him. I'm not all in on him. Okay. Uh, I'm not all in on Jarrett Culver. Don't okay. you accuse me of that. This game, Jarrett Culver had 18 points, four rebounds, four assists, two blocks, two steals, Woo! and he went six for six from Woo! the free throw line. Are Woo! you kidding me? Two of three from three. Um, Dylan, I, I, I want you to have the opportunity to talk about Jarrett Culver's game. Through three games, he is 10 for 10 from the line. That's the most important thing that we could see 100%. Like, that is that is the most important thing I could ever see from his game. He was 46% from the line last year, uh, as, like, has been repeated over and over again <laughs> by any Timberwolves fan or any Timberwolves writer you've read. Uh, he's four for seven from three over the last three games. I'm not going to take that. Uh, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. I'm not going to take that too seriously because that could, that's just a fluke. I mean, that could be a fluke. Who knows? He does look, it looks smoother. His shot looks smoother. I'm not worried about Jarrett Culver on the defensive end. Like he's going to be great on ball defender, obviously. And he's got the size and length and everything. He's going to, he's going to be fine. And he was fine last year, but he led the team with a plus 25 in this game. Uh, a lot of that came in, in Garbaggio time, as our friend, Nate Duncan says, uh, but you, you got a crush on Nate Duncan. You keep bringing him up. It's just the only podcast that I listen to now that Bill Simmons is canceled. Uh, <laughs> uh, and all ringer podcasts basically for me, but Did you that, see how much money he made this year. Probably like 300 million. I don't know. Hold on, Keep talking. I'm going to look it up, but he's 10 for 10 from the line. That is the most real stat that we could possibly see. Okay. So it's not just going to change the way that he uh, is going to be played. Like, is he going to, is he going to play more often in Ryan Saunders system as a result of this? Yes, that is true. If he can keep making his free throws, but on top of all that, it's going to change the way that he plays. He's going to be able to get to the rim. Like that's his best skill is getting to the rim. And he was by the end of the season, it, he was gun shy getting to the rim because he was so afraid to take free throws. He would not take contact ever. The only time we would see him go, go strong to the rim was when there was almost, no resistance. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited to see him be more aggressive on offense because I think I, I'm not going to count on that three point stroke to, to be like much above that 30 to 33% range. Like he might improve a little bit. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not ready to say that he's a league average three point shooter, but uh, it just, if he can be a 60 to 70% free throw shooter, that's going to change his mindset completely on offense. He'll be able to cut to the basket, which is absolutely his best skill as an offensive player. And he will maybe at some point throughout the year become offensively a neutral. And if he does that, then he'll be a positive player net. Yep. You know, I, I, the free throw thing was weird and, and, and freaky. And I don't know why he struggled so much. And it, it seems very mental and it seems like empty arenas are a place where you can really work on that, where you can feel the pressure of an That's NBA game lucky. without the crowd there to kind of fuck with you. So hopefully we continue to see uh, some improvement from the free throw line by Jared Culver. I'm, I'm rooting for him. I always, always, always root for Timberwolves players, but I'm skeptical just because I saw a lot of 
difficult Jarrett Culver ball um, last season. So we'll see though. Uh, Let's talk Malik Beasley. Wait, what about that Bill Simmons? How much money did he make? Did you find that? Oh, Bill Simmons. Yeah. He made um, $82.5 million this year. I'm looking at a world's highest paid celebrities in 2020. That doesn't even, that doesn't even seem right. Cause he sold, he sold the ringer to Spotify for like 200 million. I thought. Yeah, but he didn't get all that money. Oh yeah, I guess. Oh yeah, you're right. He he has yeah. like tons of investors, other mm-hmm. guys who oh. are even more problematic than he is. You've heard about like some of his investors. Like there was this one guy who was in charge of the ringer at some point, and then he got me too'd right at the beginning. Oh, I didn't. I don't pay a care. I mean, I know those guys are all bad, so <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. Uh, why do you think everyone's fucking leaving? Um, oh. Anyway, shouts out, shouts out to all the Ringer Union people. We are pro labor on this podcast. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, let's talk Malik Beasley, who was playing like a psychopath today. He 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 was struggling with the shot in the first half, but he stayed engaged. He was flying, trying to get some rebounds. He ended up with eleven rebounds in the game, and in the second half, his shot started falling, and he finished with eighteen points, eleven rebounds, two assists. Uh, I think if he played that. There's some hope for for the Timberwolves starting defense. I mean, you know, with with D'Lo and and Towns again, we we have to acknowledge that uh, the ceiling is only so high <laughs> for that, and the and the floor is pretty low. But if Beasley, Akogi, and Layman can be engaged defensively, that's going to help a lot. Um, I know you you didn't watch the third quarter, Dylan, so you didn't see a lot of Malik Beasley's best moments. But what yeah. did, what did you think about his game overall? Most of what I saw was in the fourth. I was picking up dinner for my girlfriend last night on Hanukkah. I was buying her some Whoa. Cantor's. It's a Jewish deli. Uh, so so we had a little uh, little Jewish deli meal for dinner. Anyway. Real uh, men buy their girlfriend's Hanukkah meals and don't need horny goat weed. <laughs> Most of what I saw with Malik Beasley was in the fourth quarter. And he looked great, but he looked great against who was he playing against? I don't even know. Boban. It was basically Boban. <laughs> Um, well, he played the third quarter, and the there were real Mavericks players playing in the third quarter. Um, Luka Doncic played 27 minutes tonight, so he, he played quite a bit in the third quarter. Okay, um, yeah. Josh Richardson played 27. Tim Hardaway played 25. So he was he was playing against starters. But uh, he made three threes in a row, and we knew he'd be streaky. We know that this is what he's capable of. And if he's able to do that in the regular season, we're going to win a couple games, maybe even some games that we shouldn't. And then we'll lose some games that we shouldn't too, probably. So it'll even out. Definitely. We know with yeah. the league, it'll probably I just, even out. I loved to see him. I mean, he was picking guys up full court. He was like, <laughs> I mean, it was actually like, so the game started. He, he was playing like he was fighting for that contract that he just got, which is he nice to see because like now that he has the contract, we don't know if he's going to be as psycho as he was last year. On the he court. like you could hear oh. on the broadcast he was in the middle of the court and he screamed before the tip he was just like <gasps> and you could hear on the broadcast i was like uh-oh <laughs> malik is feeling psycho today yeah, i think good. i don't want to make any assumptions but he like there's a he's got a lot of energy right now boom, 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 boom. um so I hope I, I hope I uh, keep seeing that from Malik. I really liked it. Uh, the last player specifically we wanted to, uh, to speak on was Nas Reed because this was his first game that we saw him in the preseason. He ended with 14.7 rebounds, two assists, one steal, two blocks. He played as the primary backup to Carl Anthony Towns in this game, which begs the question, Dylan, is that his destiny? Do you feel like Nas Reed is pretty solidly the backup center? How do you feel? I feel like if that's the alternative to ed davis 
I'm happy about that. I did not like what I saw from Ed Davis. I want him to kind of be more of a player coach uh, or a player mentor. And if Nas Reed can just be on the court and give, like he does get, he has good energy. I like his energy and he Mm -hmm. keeps the ball moving. It seems like when he's on the court, the ball doesn't seem to stop a lot. Um, I feel like unless he has the ball in his hands, (laughs) but, uh, but so, okay. So yes, I love Nas Reed. I, I think he's a great guy, but I am still kind of wondering whether we can have this small ball five rotation that, uh, that, some of us were kind of falling for in the first two games. Um, I know that Juancho Hernan Gomez has looked terrible, but the only place that he might look average or below average or like, okay, is at the five. And so maybe it's Juancho at the five and Rondé Hollis Jefferson at the four or something like that. Um, I, I, that's even given that Juancho deserves minutes on this team. Like who would you rather have right now, Juancho or Nas Reed based on what they've looked like in the two of the three games you've seen? You know, that that's tough because ultimately I think Juancho is a far superior shooter to Nas Reed. And I, oh, I don't, yeah. I, I don't, <laughs> Nas Reed looked terrible. His shot. And, and granted, I mean, this is his first game back in a while. I'll give him that. But like his form is is uh, unusual. And so if it's not falling, that doesn't give me any faith that it's going to start falling. Yeah. It's a super flat shot. He doesn't get any bend in his knees. He just kind of like flicks his wrist. It's it's not good. Um, but I, I think that like defensively, Nas Reed has a slight advantage only because he is a very large person and right, he like right. cannot be moved out of the way a- as easily. But as far as foot speed, both of them are very slow. I mean, neither of them can jump very high. I mean, get, watching Nas Reed get rebounds is kind of funny because he doesn't really jump, but he's got good timing on it. So he can go get the board just because his timing is good, but he can't elevate at all. Um so honestly, and he's, got good strength, so he's able to box out and stuff too. Yes. But. Yes. But I, I, Nas Reed also is a decent passer. And so I think, I think I, I lean towards, towards Nas Reed. Um, and this is a perfect transition into talking about now that the season's going to start, we start on the 22nd, right? That's in five days. And so I, I'm just really curious as to Dylan, what, what do you think the starting lineup day one is going to be after these three preseason games? Well, I wrote an article about it that came out today. And uh-huh. I, I think that, uh, it was probably selling Nas Reed a little bit low. And especially like I was thinking about this as I was writing it. I was like, well, Nas is just going to come in here and he's the most obvious choice for backup five. But at the same time, what do we do with all of these kind of fours that we have? Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's why in my article, I had Wancho playing 28% of his minutes at the five. Uh, I kind of had him as the primary backup five. I had him splitting pretty evenly with Nas actually, except Nas is only playing the backup five minutes. So um, I I still could see that where uh, Juancho plays a lot of backup five for the Wolves and Jake Lehman actually gets the start at the four. Um, but I, I'm not willing to say that Nas Reed isn't going to get that position full time because he mm-hmm. did look pretty good at moments last year although none of the games mattered for anything but yeah i mean so our top eight are set Delo, rubio beasley culver okogi edwards layman cat that's eight players who for sure are going to be in the rotation for sure getting minutes and 
are, are going to be contributing to this team. Wait, the real wait, question, sorry. Go, go for, did you not have Juancho in that? No, because I don't think Juancho has solidified a, a spot in this rotation. This preseason has not been for him. He hasn't shot the ball that well, and he, his defense has been so bad that for me, for me, it's at a point where unless he's shooting above 40% from three, I think that his defense is so detrimental that it's not even worth it because he's not like, he's not like a high volume shooter. He's not like running off of screens and, and putting it up and, and, and players aren't yeah, guarding him and shoot and that's it. Yeah. And so he's, he's he is a one trick pony. And so unless he's super good at that, his defense is, is really bad. His finishing at the rim is really bad. His dribbling is not very good. He's not, he's not a ball mover. And so then I, I just wonder like, well, what is he doing? Like, how is he helping this team? I agree. And that's with me having him as the f- fifth highest minutes on the team in my rankings um, or in my uh, in in my uh, minutes. What did Sam name my piece? Projecting the uh, minutes. Or yeah, something. whatever. In my minutes <laughs> projections. Let's call it that. Uh, but yeah, so I had him as the as having the fifth most minutes on the Timberwolves. And I think that, that a lot of that came from like the deal that he signed in the off season and me thinking, Oh, well this team has a lot of faith in what he could do then. Uh, Cause I figured that as long as they signed Malik Beasley, that they would be fine with letting go Juancho. Like that was the person that they definitely needed to keep out of the two, like after giving up the first round for the first rounder for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, d- I could definitely see Juancho uh, giving up a couple minutes at this point and falling behind uh, guys like Jake Lehman and maybe even Rondé Hollis-Jefferson because Rondé looked so good in Game 2. I know you didn't see it, but mm-hmm. Rondé looked absolutely awesome in Game 2. And he looked exactly like the prototypical player that Ryan Saunders would want on his team defensively. And on the offensive side of the ball, he's still able to play off-ball cut and do a lot of things. I mean, he made a mid-range floater, or not a mid-range floater. He made a mid-range, I think it was a turnaround jumper, and uh, and it looked really nice. Uh, it, it it looked <laughs> kind of smooth. It looked kind of Kawhi-esque. But yeah, uh, his, he's, his he definitely length, has his moments. His strength, uh, his ability to uh, his ability to dribble the ball, and he's got the speed. I mean, he's definitely got more skills than Juancho Hernan Gomez. So I, I really, I just really want to see some minutes for Rondé Hollis Jefferson on this team. You know, and 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 the more I think about it, the more I do too. And uh, the 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 part that concerns me is that if the bench unit is Rubio, Culver, Edwards, Hollis Jefferson, and uh, Nas Reed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's gonna have to be a lot of staggering this year. Yeah, that's what we've been learning, and that's gonna be tough for that's such a tough task for a young coach is figuring out how to stagger the offense versus the defense because a lot of these players will have really great offensive or defensive games, and not a lot of them. Maybe Ricky Rubio is the only one who has a pretty even game on both sides of the ball. You know, I'm wondering. I'm 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 wondering if we can if we will see Jalen Noel play more minutes than Wancho this this season. No, is that I, your cold take of the North? He, but hear me out. Hear me out because if if Edwards continues to like develop his like on ball defense, he's got the body to like play some minutes at the four. Akogi clearly is an option at the four. Rondé Hollis Jefferson is an option at the four. And if you put a if you put a lineup out there with, you know. Rondé, Noel, Rubio, 
Edwards and I mean maybe Rondé's at the five. He goes super small, but I, I, I'm just saying the the second unit is missing some scoring, and Jalen Noel can score, and so I could see a world where he ends up playing more minutes this season than Wancho, even though we've got an insane amount of guards and wings. Like I, I think that the Wolves are just going to be playing small a lot this season. I think that's true. I think. Oh, by the way. Um, Juancho Hernan Gomez was actually sixth on the team in minutes. I mm. kind of screwed this up. I had Anthony Edwards with 1,471 minutes and Juancho Hernan Gomez had 1,467. So four, mm. four less minutes, but I didn't switch them around. So whatever poo poo on me. Okay. Wow, <laughs> man. That, what an, what an exciting preseason. I am glad the wolves got one win. Did Ricky Rubio look really slow to you tonight? There was like that one play. Rubio has looked slow throughout the preseason. I feel like he's looked like, I don't, I feel like he's looked out of shape or out of sorts or something because it's not just like that. He's learning the team. Part of it is, but part of it is, yeah, he's just not shown as much energy. Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> he got a steal in the first half and was on, on the break. And the, 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 the actually were like, Oh, I hope, that wasn't full. Like they were like, Oh, was Ricky Rubio going full speed there? And they were like, Oh no, he must've just been playing whatever. But he started the run by putting his head down and sprinting. Like he was trying <laughs> to get up to full speed and he just didn't get any faster. And I was like, Oh, no. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> this is, that's a bad sign for the wolves. If, uh, if he did not get faster, although I don't know, he's out of shape. He'll get into shape. Yeah. 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 You know who else looked out of shape? James Johnson. <laughs> He, oh. looked, he looked big. And but I know that he made a nice three. I like that was crazy. I couldn't believe he <laughs> took that just completely <laughs> contested. Just but he missed the wide open one. So, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, that's all we got for tonight. Uh, we're going to hit you probably Monday. tomorrow, Monday with Wait, uh, oh, tomorrow. We're we're a little bit uh, at a loss right now. We're we're riding high off of that Timberwolves win. Don't forget to uh, follow us on the socials and Twitter and Instagram at cndpod. Send us an email at coast to coast NBA podcast or pod at gmail.com. And uh, like, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, do all the stuff. Shouts to Tim Komatsu. Shouts to Rudy St. Clair. Shouts to Tom Schreier. Shouts to uh, am I missing anyone? Sam Ekstrom. Shouts oh. to Sam Ekstrom. Shouts to Sam Knight. Reading every one of my articles. Thank you. Aw. Keep the bad ones. I never talk to Sam. I should talk to Sam more often. I should say, hey, Sam, read my article. Um, shouts out to Tony B. You know what you did. Thank you. All right. Bye. Have a good night. Bye.